If you think back hard enough, chances are you can probably come up with a childhood memory that involves light. Maybe you were scared of the dark as a kid and your parents got you a special nightlight, or maybe they always left the hall light on for you. Maybe you remember driving around every December to look at the neighborhood Christmas lights. For me, it's the few years I went to summer camp as a preteen, sitting around the campfire. There's something magical about firelight, sitting in a circle, watching the flickering flames and the sparks shooting up into the night sky. Campfires create an intimate atmosphere of authenticity. I remember that the worship songs felt more true, the stories felt more real, and I felt closer to God around the campfire. Light comes in many forms, and we use lots of different words to describe it. Warm, cool, harsh, soft, burning, twinkling. But whatever form it takes, light is powerful. It's emotional. It's transformational. You can be in a completely dark room, and all you need to do is add one light source, a candle, a phone, a match, and the room is completely transformed. It's no surprise that Introducing light was the first act of creation, the very first recorded words spoken by God. Let there be light. By creating light, by speaking it into existence, God transformed what was formless and void into beauty, into good. This is week three of our I Am study, where we look at Jesus' statement, I am the light of the world. If you haven't reviewed your homework for this week, which is fine, I'm not trying to shame anybody, we're looking at two different stories in the book of John where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. One is in chapter 8 with the woman caught in adultery, and the second one is in chapter 9 with the man who was born blind. As we look at Jesus' words and as we dig into these stories, there are some things that we can learn about light and about what it means for us that he is the light of the world. And we'll see that his light can transform us. The first thing we see is that light brings clarity. We see this in the healing of the blind man who literally did not have light coming into his eyes before Jesus healed him. In chapter nine, verse 10, the people asked the man, how were your eyes opened? He answered them, the man called Jesus made mud anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and washed. So I went and I washed and I received my sight. I love that the text uses the phrase, opened your eyes to describe what Jesus did for him. We use these words often to describe the experience of discovering something that we didn't know before or seeing something for the first time in a new way. When we allow the light of truth to shine onto a situation, we can see clearly. Picture a young child sitting on their bed and being scared of the creepy shadow on the wall. Once the light is flipped on, they realize that the scary shadow is just their sweatshirt thrown over the desk chair. In the same way, Jesus, the light, brought clarity to the blind man, and he was able to see what the religious leaders and even his family could not see, that Jesus is the Messiah. We'll see this theme again and again in our study. The Pharisees and the chief priests too wrapped up in the darkness of their fear, cannot see Jesus, the light, for who he truly is. But the formerly blind man can now see clearly, and he cuts through their distracting questions. 
After this whole back and forth with the Pharisees asking questions of the man and of his parents, I love his succinct response to them in verse 9, in verse 25. The Pharisees accuse Jesus of being a sinner, and the man replies, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. When we lean into the light, our priorities become clear. We can put away the distractions and focus on what matters. Jesus is who he says he is, and he invites us to know him and to experience the light of salvation through him. The next thing we see is that light brings freedom. The opposite of light is darkness, which represents our sin, our shame, our brokenness. When we allow Jesus to shine into our broken places, he frees us from the bondage of sin and shame. We see this in the story of the woman caught in adultery. If you have a Bible handy, turn with me to John chapter 8. We'll pick up in verse 2. Early in the morning, he, Jesus, came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of of life. We see in this story that the woman was trapped, surrounded by accusers who were in a position of power and authority. Jewish law called for adulterers to be stoned, so in her mind, she was not going to escape. Yet Jesus shone the light of truth into that hostile circle of condemnation. He pierced their hearts with the reality that none of them was without sin. Everyone was guilty, and one by one, they dropped their stones and left. She was set free. But Jesus didn't stop with her physical freedom. He also offered her the light of forgiveness, removing her condemnation, and offering the chance of true freedom. Go and sin no more, he said. Live your life in the light from now on, and you'll be free forever. Darkness is the absence of light. When we are living without God or when we allow other things to pull us away from Him, we can become trapped in sin and darkness. Psalm 107.10 describes it this way, as people who sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. Sin imprisons us. The enemy of our soul wants nothing more 
for us than to be stuck in our shame, chained to our sinful habits and destructive behavior. But when we bring those things into the light, healing and forgiveness can happen, bringing freedom and peace. Addiction runs in my family on my dad's side. He has 15 siblings, so it's pretty easy to see the clear patterns. Addiction has left a trail of broken relationships in my family. For many years, my dad hid his addiction from most of us. My mom was ashamed to talk about it. She covered up for him. She kept it in the darkness. But last year, she'd had enough, and she set a firm boundary with him. And between that and my brothers and I confronting him with loving truth, he finally brought his addiction into the light and was willing to seek help for the first time. And even though he's had to work through some pretty humiliating consequences, he's experiencing a freedom he hasn't had in years. Light brings freedom. In the book of Acts, Paul is speaking to King Agrippa, and he describes his dramatic encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he tells the king that Jesus gave him a mission to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That's why he came. Jesus came to be the light so he can take away our sin and darkness. Are you hiding in darkness and shame because you've messed up? Because you can't shake that harmful habit? because you're afraid that you've damaged that relationship forever, come into the light. 1 John 1 tells us, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We all have dark places that need the light, but we don't have to stay trapped in the darkness. Light brings freedom, and we can step into that freedom by confessing our sins and bringing them into the light. So we've seen that light brings clarity. We've seen that light brings freedom. The last thing we'll look at is that light brings life. Life is one of the major themes in the book of John. Last week, we saw that Jesus is the bread of life. And next week, we'll look at John 10, where Jesus tells us in verse 10, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Later in our study, we'll be looking at how Jesus is the resurrection and the life and the way, the truth, and the life. Each of these I am statements reveals a different facet of who Jesus is, but they all fit together to form one image, one person, some of what we'll see this week, we'll circle back to and we'll flesh out later. But we can see that life is a key aspect of who Jesus is. Jesus is life, and he desires to give life to all of us. We can see that light brings life for the adulterous woman. As we've already talked about, Jewish law called for her to be stoned. Of course, Jewish law also called for the man to be brought with her and be stoned, but that's a whole other issue. When Jesus speaks into her situation, her life is saved. He tells her, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. For this woman, life was literal. She was set to die that day. 
But after Jesus spoke, she lived. We don't know what happened to her after her encounter with Jesus, but I like to think that her life was completely different from that point on, that she followed Jesus' command, left her life of sin to begin a new life of freedom. Jesus' life brought her life. For the blind man, Jesus brought figurative life. His life was an endless cycle of begging at the temple gate every day and hearing murmured speculation about what he did to deserve such a fate. Even the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Since he was considered unclean, he had no connection to life in the Jewish community. But when the light came and his eyes were opened, his life was made new. He was no longer stuck in his old identity. He had a new life and a new purpose. In the opening verses of his gospel, John describes who Jesus is, telling us that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus, the light, brings life. When we are walking in the light, we will experience clarity, we'll experience freedom and life. So how do we walk in the light? We believe. We believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that he came to save us. We believe that his death and resurrection brought us salvation from our sins and eternal life. Near the end of his gospel, John tells us why he wrote it. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Something unique about this week's I am statement is that it's the only one that Jesus also says about us. If you've done your homework for this week, and again, I'm not trying to guilt anyone who didn't, um, but if you did, you took a look at this on day five. In Matthew chapter five, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we believe in Jesus and we experience the clarity, the freedom, and the life that he brings, we can share that hope with other people. We can help shine light into the confusion, into darkness, into pain in the world. Where do you need the light today? Is there a circumstance where you need clarity? Are you trapped in a destructive pattern and need freedom? Are you needing a new identity in your life? Jesus is the light of the world. Let him shine in your broken places and shine that light to others in turn. 